0: what's happening work and play that's about it
1: work and play yeah you were off for a little while weren't you
0: yeah i took uh i had at, at my work i get currently i get 14 hours of vacation for every month work and i can only carry over a maximum of 208 vacation hours at the fiscal year when it rolls over so I had what we call use it or lose it time. I ended up taking off uh, 26 days that I had saved up. So nice. it was, it was very hard to go back to work after that. Uh, originally I had planned to do a uh, through hike of the Wachita Trail. And that was going to take about two weeks of that vacation. And then I was just going to be lazy and play with the rest of it. Uh, I ended up getting... A little over 50 miles into the trail and i'd strained something in my ankle and had to pull off so uh, i ended up instead i spent more time moto camping off of my motorcycle and you know doing odds and ends and playing and stuff like that instead of hiking so it still worked out but i just didn't get the hiking and i wanted to do
1: so you bought the uh or i guess the wife bought a motorcycle too so
0: yeah, uh, I had originally got me the Honda uh, CRF 300 Rally. I was I was kind of on the fence about getting a bigger bike. It had been a while since I had rode. The 300 is the same size as the bigger bikes, but it was geared more towards like a newer rider, and it was not very expensive for being a, a Honda. So I picked that up, uh, took it out, put a little over a 1,000 miles on it, And I had uh, put my name in for a uh, Suzuki DR650 at the same time I bought the Honda. Right before I bought the Honda, I was like, well, you know, there's none available. I'll just put my name on the list. And uh, they ended up calling me and they said, hey, that, that DR650 is in if you want it. And I told them I'd bought the Honda and they said, well, bring it down. We'll see what we can do. So I took the Honda and traded it in, got the DR650. And this whole time that I've had both bikes, my wife has had her name on the list for a Honda Monkey, which is a little 125, almost like a mini bike, but the thing will do like 60 miles an hour. So it's a fast, nice little mini bike. And she wanted something that she could stand up and ride. And if she dropped it, she could easily pick it up. So we had her on a list and finally one came available, but it was used, had a whole 48 miles on it. So used. Yeah. Yeah. 48 miles. We, I took off work early. As soon as they called and they said, you know, found out that they had it there. I was like, I'm on my way, put a hundred dollar deposit on it. I'll be there shortly. And drove there and uh, picked up the wife on the way and then drove and picked up the motorcycle. So. She's got her a uh, Honda Monkey 125, and I've got a Suzuki DR650. Nice. You
1: like and the 650?
0: Yeah, I do. I really like it. The Honda, I said, it was a a, a great bike. Nothing wrong with it. But uh, the subframe is only rated for a certain amount, and when I started putting all of my, you know, gear on it for moto camping, water fuel, camping gear. I was really starting to stress out that subframe. So I was really happy to to move up in a size that has a heavier duty subframe, can handle the weight better, plus my weight better. Um, it's a ton of fun to ride. I, I just did basically 200 miles this past weekend on it. Uh, 90% dirt road. I think I did 15 miles of pavement out of that. So uh, I just released part one and part two of just riding around in the woods on my YouTube channel. Uh, parts three through five will be released later this week. About every two or three days is how I've got it set to release them. Uh, but it was it was a lot of fun. And I'm seriously like jonesing to get back out there and do it again.
1: I understand that.
0: So that's about all that's been going on with me lately. Yeah, uh, work and motorcycles
2: and playing. That's about it.
1: Mr. Pixel, what's been going on with you?
2: Oh, man. Nothing too crazy. Um, trying to get out and do some training and work and did get to take advantage of the nice weather this past weekend. And, uh, you know, got my, my introductory to the season uh, starter sunburn so <laughs> yes. getting uh getting that, that base layer down. <laughs> it was it no, but it was a really nice day. It was one of those days where I think it was what 70s almost maybe 80, but it didn't feel like it because it was so windy out, which made it dangerous. Cause then over halfway through you're like, oh, I'm probably gonna be feeling this later. <laughs> and you start start noticing a little bit by the end. It's like, yeah, this is gonna get red.
1: <laughs> yeah it was same here it was probably close to 80 it's hotter in the house than it was outside because of yeah. the wind <laughs> yeah typical ohio we had snow on the ground on monday and air conditioner on by saturday
3: yeah. So,
0: <laughs> oh you got that big of a break usually down here in arkansas it's pretty bipolar you'll have the heat on at eight o'clock in the morning and then you'll have the air conditioner on at noon and then the heat back on around 6 p.m. Jeez.
1: Yeah, we, we, we have that, too. It, the AC was on Saturday, Sunday, and the heat went back on Sunday night because it's down in the 40s again at night. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been, you know, wonderful.
0: Yeah, I was really wanting to get out and do some camping last weekend off of the motorcycle. Had everything geared up to go. And when I left – It was uh, not supposed to rain until Sunday afternoon. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll I'll be packed up and back home by then. And uh, ran into a family friend while I was out riding. And uh, he's like, you're camping tonight? It's supposed to start thunderstorming around 3 a.m. And just happened to run into him where we had cell service. So I pulled up my phone and sure enough, I was like, Well, damn. So my camping got canceled, but I love camping when it's like 40 degrees out. That's 40 to 30 degrees outside is the best. I sleep like the dead when it's like that. Yeah, I hear you there. That's
1: nice. It sucks when it's hot.
0: I have finally, my my trip overseas taught me how to sleep when it was hot. I used to, if I woke up hot, it was, I was a, a dick for the rest of the day. I just, I woke up in a bad mood now, just like I wake up sweaty and I'm like, oh, this sucks. But it's not as bad as it used to be.
1: I understand that. So, Mister Pixel, you were supposed to go to class. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that.
2: I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> was this a, the uh, Red Dot class? Oh no, that was in that was uh, that was in February, I think. Yeah, this has just been a really bad year so far for me to get into any training. This has been the what is this the third training i've tried to go to and something came up um the red dot like i said like you brought up was february and i think the instructor just midwest weather was unable to fly in the night before yeah there's like an ice storm or something yeah it got real bad so Actually, that whole week was bad, I think, wasn't it? And then yeah. everything was just up in the air. Yeah, it was pretty nasty. So that one got canceled. Um, there was um, a one-day uh, ECQC, uh, Extreme Close Quarters Combat Class, that popped up, and I was going to try and go, but they couldn't spare me at work. Thanks a lot, Coven, And... <laughs> Then I was going to do a certification, and you know, drove three hours to the to the airport, and was sitting at the gate. And I had about half hour forty minutes until I was supposed to, uh, board. And I'm going through my phone, making sure I have all the right apps and stuff, because I was going to have to Uber or, Lyft or whatever when I got over there. Because trying to get a rental car is ridiculously expensive and I get this email about a meal voucher I'm like okay that's weird has my name on it but then we're in the credit card section it had a different didn't have any of my credit card numbers and I was like ah great an airline screwed something up and now they're giving me somebody's information or they mixed it up or whatever and I was sitting there for a little bit longer and then I got another one for a hotel voucher And same thing on the bottom. I'm like, well, this is kind of weird. Now at my gate, there were people that this was their second time today trying to fly out to this destination to this same place. Um, I think I heard somebody say that their flight was canceled 16 hours ago. So here we are, what was it almost about 10 o'clock at night? And all of a sudden, some lady from the airline, I guess, gets up on the microphone, says Well, everybody, your your flight's been canceled. I don't know anything. You need to go to the front desk. (laughs) Oh, God. Great. So everybody in mass goes to the front, and we're all waiting up front. And at that point, I was just kind of over the whole situation. So I just got my refund because they had – they sent something, said, well, we can fly you out tomorrow. And I'm not sure if it was – the layover or the time time that I was supposed to actually get to, you know, where I was going, it was 7 PM. And it's like, well, if my class starts tomorrow, 7 PM, isn't going to cut it. There's a whole day I already missed. And I was like, yep, I'm done with this. So I just got my money and went back out to the parking lot and drove another three hours back home. And while I was, was hold on hold for 20 minutes for just waiting to talk to humans so I can see about getting my hotel money back and all that just to find out that I was going to end up spending the whole next day trying to get money back from, I think I went through Priceline or something like that for some of it. So I guess I could get the money from the airline directly, but in order to get the money from the hotel, I had to call Priceline, but they would have to turn around and call the hotel and they were having as much of a problem, if not more of a problem, that I was having trying to get a hold of them and had to call me back like three times, be like, okay, we're going to call them. Here we go. And it's like, you guys are just going to have to call them and then call me when you get a hold of them because you're going to be on hold forever. On top of being passed to three different people and each one saying, yeah, well, I'm making notes. And it's like, well, why am I still telling you guys this when I told the past people exactly the same thing? And they said they were making notes as well. So why is this a new thing to everybody? but you know how it is with customer service. Uh, So it doesn't sound
0: fun. No, no, that sounds quite, that's like my travel nightmare. That's why I don't ever want to travel.
2: I know. Unless
0: unless I'm in control driving, I'd rather me drive somewhere.
2: Yeah. I was already just like, I don't mind it, but it's not something I really am like super excited to do. Like, yay, let's go travel and fly and deal with a bunch of people and try to schedule things when everybody else is being unorganized and, yeah I'm not, I'm not i wasn't super thrilled about it so <laughs> that was a waste of a evening and morning yeah this training this training thing this year so far hasn't really been uh working in my favor
0: yeah well i
2: posted that
0: uh 15 off for costa class the other day so oh really yeah you could have grabbed you some of that for 15 percent off i think it's expired now yeah
1: Oh wait, if Mr. Pixel signs up, I'm not going to because it'll get canceled.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's <not> probably it's <laughs> <laughs> bad luck if I do. So that's that's why I was happy to get out over the weekend and just put some holes in stuff, get some get some kind of training done. Yeah. Felt productive.
1: So I, I threw a little news thing on here that's breaking what mm-hmm. today or yesterday that Elon bought Twitter.
0: And people are losing their mind over
1: it. You know, it's funny because I heard, uh, I heard today that the they're losing their mind because they're saying that we may not know about a potential political candidate until after an election, because Elon can remove anybody he wants.
0: Turn the dial down on one and up on the other is what the guy said,
1: and I said. I said that was funny because I think they turned off the president's Twitter yeah. account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. So now that it's could possibly be the other way around, everybody's losing their mind.
0: Well, the thing is, and here here's the big thing. Elon Musk said, I want it to be more open. I want to release the code so you see exactly what's happening. I want it to be, you know. in the open. I want everyone to know what's happening. I want more freedom. And I don't want to, you know, I want to verify that someone is a human and not a bot. All of those are good things. If Jeff Bezos came out and said he wants to do all of that, everyone would be like, oh, that is so smart. Yes, thank you. But it's because Elon Musk, who for some reason, I guess because he's been on Joe Rogan, they're like, oh, my God, he's one of the devils. Like, dude, you realize that he's like, you know, one of the only reasons why the electric car is still alive. One of the coolest, fastest, best electric cars. One of the best-selling electric cars. He sent an electric car into space. I mean, he has not a flamethrower. He created... That
1: throws flames.
0: Yes, yes. He created PayPal. I mean, he's done a lot for a lot of people. And now just all of a sudden, because he goes, I want freedom. They're like, oh, we can't have freedom.
1: And he's not even really come out and said he's a Republican. I mean, he parts his hair on the right, sort of. But I think that's about it,
3: right? (laughs) I I mean, he's
1: not not necessarily... He just wants... You know, he wasn't even born in this country. And I think he just wants the... The freedoms that we talk about having that, you know, on paper they look good on 1776 paper, but you know, they're kind of stuck in the corner. So that, that's,
0: I, it's, it's nuts. That's why I said if anybody else who hadn't been on Joe Rogan's program said that they were wanting to do that, if Joe Biden came out and said, we're going to release the code for Twitter we're going to make it to where everybody is verified and we're going to get rid of all these spam bots that, you know, people are arguing with, they would think it was a great idea, but because someone who may or may not be right-leaning, someone who is not in their party or may not be in their party, we don't even know, but they're, they're, I saw a little montage from libs of TikTok today that was like, I'm leaving Twitter. I deleted mine. I mean, like 20 people going, good luck. Like, you realize this is like the same stuff that you made fun of Republicans for when they left Twitter, when Donald Trump was kicked off. You're like, oh, yeah, go do your own thing, whatever. Right? I don't know it's ridiculous i don't just
1: i don't see anything bad out of this i mean i don't really see a a bad
0: side to this i I don't either and i'm just i'm so sick of everything i'm ready I'm, i'm ready to just become an old man who lives in the woods who walks through the woods and who rides his motorcycle and looks crazy and everyone thinks he's dangerous i'm just i'm ready for that i'm ready for that stage of my life i got all those but living in the woods (laughs) already yeah but i'm talking like you know true old-fashioned hermit you know beard blowing behind you in the wind while you're riding sort of creepy old dude vibes i'm ready i'm ready to be the creepy old dude i'm just i'm sick of it i'm sick of it all (laughs) yeah yeah the ones you're like the ones you're like, I don't know if he makes meth or if he makes bombs, but he does something in the woods out there. I'm not for sure which. And it's probably, probably both. Either or. I'm just, I'm ready. I'm tired. I'm tired of people. <laughs> I'm sick of it. The hypersensitivity, the, oh, my gosh, words hurt. You know what? I grew up with words hurting, too. You know what I did? I, I, I sucked it up, and I was like, oh, you're, you're making fun of me. Ow, my feelings. Ow. Okay, you know what? Your mom's a whore.
1: Well, that's what I was gonna say. You know, when 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 uh yeah, when when we were growing up back then, when words hurt, you figured out which words you could throw back that made them hurt too, right? So
0: yeah, and if you couldn't figure that out, then we threw fist and whoever won was the winner and it was over.
1: <laughs> yeah, you punch them in the face, and then the next day your best friend's at school again. Yeah. I mean that's that's how it worked around here.
0: That's kind of like the guy who uh, fucked around and found out with Mike Tyson. <laughs> Dude, that's you so know, great. That's so. That's so, the well, best I mean, internet what you, video. What do you expect? You pick, on, you pick on. 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 And then he unleashes. That's for, for an for track. people for people who are always on the computer. They don't see what it's really like. They live in their Twitter verse and their Instagram verse and the metaverse they live in that world and they don't realize there's actual repercussions besides someone you know typing quit talking to me they don't <laughs> people people don't know
2: you've well, been blocked the,
1: <laughs> i mean the guy was being an ass wagon to get an autograph yeah. i mean how, what kind of story is that going to turn out if if let's say let's say tyson gave him an autograph how are you going to tell that story well, I Dude. heckled Tyson for 20 minutes uh, until he yeah. gave me an
0: autograph. Yeah. I heckled him. I called him all sorts of names, bro. You wouldn't believe it. And and I like tapped him on the back of the head and then he gave it to me. Like I I so schooled him. Like, no, you didn't.
2: I don't know if that guy would have remembered it. He looked like he was probably he a few drinks in or something. Like he didn't look. I
0: I have been drunk before. I have
2: done very
0: questionable things before while drunk in the past most of them involved fat girls i have never been drunk enough to mess up and try to fight mike tyson
1: he's got a, he's got a cooler story now though than saying i heckled <laughs> him into an autograph
0: me. he's
1: like i got in a fight with mike tyson and get, didn't get paid for it <laughs> I don't know if I'd say I got into a
2: fight. I'd say...
1: (laughs) (laughs) I got my face busted by Mike (laughs) Dyson
2: and didn't get paid for it. He's my head for a speed bag for just a little bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know.
2: Like I said, I'm just sick of the
0: world. I'm getting to that point where I'm just old and grumpy. I just want to be left alone. Leave me alone. Get off my lawn i'm ready to be grantor you know
2: yeah absolutely well absolutely when when you when you saw the the uh the news about the the sale going through because we've known for what a day or a couple days at least that he said hey yeah he was gonna here it is to... here it is and there and then you know the reports were oh they're considering it but then i think it was today as we're recording this, that it went out. I was like I knew something was going on because like, all I heard all of a sudden it was quiet, and then I heard this.
0: President of the United States of America, Donald Trump. I
2: just saw that. <laughs> I don't know if you I don't know if you guys remember that the, the rage scream of yeah. the of the whatever Absolutely. it was in the sitting on the sitting on the ground just throwing a fit. I was like, yep, I can hear that right now. <laughs> the
0: years i don't know i just i i seriously the the whole social media i i enjoy playing on it don't get me wrong i've got an instagram i like putting pictures out there i've got my youtube channel i like putting videos out there but i don't care if they get a lot of views it would be cool to become you know super freaking rich like some of the people are on youtube but that's just so i could enjoy being rich you know what i mean <laughs> I just want to buy shit and like not have to work and go do what I want to do. And that's the only reason I'd want to be rich. I don't care to pass along millions to to starving kids in Ethiopia. Sorry. I just want to do cool stuff. But I just, the people who make their lives on it and like not make a living on it, they make it their lives. I don't understand it. You know, people who are on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whichever one for 20 hours a day. And you can look at like some of their posts and it's like 30 minutes ago, one hour ago, an hour and a half ago, an hour and 15 minutes. I mean, it's just all day they're posting stuff. And like, why? <laughs> there's, there's this whole big world out there of cool things that you can do. And you choose to be miserable behind a keyboard. You know what I mean? It just—I don't get it.
2: Well, they already know everything, so they can—they have—they have plenty of free time.
0: Oh, okay. That's what it is. <laughs> that's
2: what—that's what it is.
1: It's for the likes. Yeah. Got to have the well, likes. like I
0: said, I—I I like getting likes too. I've got an Instagram. I've got a YouTube channel. I've got a Facebook. I've got all these, but they're not my life. You know, at, my life is. The things that you see on there you see me out in the woods you see me you know hiking or you see pictures of me doing things you don't see you don't see me sitting around constantly typing on them or constantly being on those and it's just I don't understand why people you're you're here for a short time you know you're not here forever go out and do something with it I'm with
2: you on that one I don't want to get my feelings hurt. (laughs) We better stay with (laughs) Bo's
0: Twitter account. I've got a Twitter, but I don't think I've ever tweeted anything.
1: I I don't remember if I've got one or not.
0: I got one a a long time ago, but I don't remember why. (laughs) I think what it was, I remember why. It was when they did the learn to code thing. And I created a Twitter account just to say, learn to code. All and then, right. and then I was like, I'll see myself out. And I never posted anything else. <laughs> again <laughs> Cause that was when they were banning the people for, yeah. for all the tech jobs were being lost. And they were like, they, they told a truck driver to learn to code yeah, or something like that.
2: It uh, wasn't that out, out East, the coal, the talking about shutting the coal mines down and all yeah, that. Yeah. And, they, and whoever it was, made the comment, well, they should have learned to code. Yeah. Yeah. But then when all the online journalists and stuff and uh,
0: the online folks started losing their job, it was like, oh, well, they should have learned to code. Yeah. And supposedly Twitter threw a whole bunch of people off for it.
2: So I was <laughs> like, eh. So you may not still be there?
0: <laughs> no, it's still there. I I know it's there because I did go online and look at uh, to see when Elon bought it. I heard that he had bought it, but I wanted to go and see what they were saying.
2: Yeah, And it was just
0: like all everybody. Oh, my God. This is horrible. This is the end of the world.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, it sounds like it to me. Yeah. So terrible.
0: Yeah. Someone wants freedom. Ooh. I'm
1: not sure what I'm going to do now probably curl up in a ball for a couple days and cry (laughs) so yes what are we doing here today
0: i don't know what are we doing
1: so we had a suggestion on discord Mm -hmm. for a topic because one of our listeners and discord people was going to go to the range and had a broken holster so the suggestion was, is to do an episode on check your shit because shit breaks. Exactly. And, and what, who better what... to have on is somebody who camps in his backyard before he goes out in the woods and camps <laughs> to talk about this. I, you know, I've got a couple of things on a. We use a, um, an Evernote thing to pass notes. And I got a couple lessons learned of a couple of things of like going to the range and having red dots or stuff come loose and i don't have a screwdriver or allen wrenches and it's like ah well this is what i wanted to do right and and all i did was uh you know throw 30 rounds down range hand tighten my red dot and roll back home you know because <laughs> what's the point so yeah we'll get to a couple lessons learned but that's that's kind of what we're here today is to uh for everybody to talk about what you do to check your gear out or check your stuff out before Before you go camping or before you, you know, go to the range or, or anything for that matter, you know, before, I think we had talked about it on a different, different episode that you check a, a water filter instead of getting out in the woods. And it tastes like mead.
0: (laughs) you realize you got the wrong one. So, yeah, Uh, there's, there's so many different things, you know, for example, the camping gear or your bug out gear or your get home bag, whatever. Whichever one of those you want to look at camping, bugging out or getting home, they're all in the same family. And a lot of people don't realize that if you practice one of those three, you're going to be pretty good at the other two. I started out, I had a bug out bag and then I created a get home bag and my get home bag, you know, this is going to kind of tie in with your last episode with Eric. Uh, my get-home bag was just as big as my bug-out bag. It was 30 pounds, you know, 40 pounds, had three or four MREs, had this, had that. And then I got into actual backpacking and, you know, being out on the trail for two or three days and doing 17-mile days. And I realized real quick that, at least in, in my area, with how wooded the area is and how rough and tough it is, 17 miles a day with a 40 pound packs, pretty freaking miserable. And then I happened into the ultralight world and that's ultralight camping world. And that's where you try to get your base weight as low as possible. And there's a whole like community of these people who are like, you know, I can be gone for three days on eight pounds and I can be gone for this long and It can get crazy, but there's a lot of good info there. And uh, I started kind of following and getting into the ultralight. And then I rolled that over into my get-home bag. Now, a true bug-out bag does need to be big and does need to be heavy. But all three of those are separate things. Camping, backpacking, you know, uh, get-home and bug out, a get-home bag, its job is to get you home. Its job is not to sustain you for weeks and weeks and weeks. It's to get you home. Now, if you are working weeks and weeks and weeks away from home, then you need to change it a port, You know accordingly. But the, the average person is roughly two to three days from home, depending on how far they, they live from work. At least that's the, the norm around here because I'm kind of out in the middle of nowhere. So what's the bare minimum that will keep me alive, keep me safe, and get me home? Okay, for me, that's my get-home bag. You then take the get-home bag and you look at each thing that you put in there and you need to know how to use it. You need to know that it's good and that it works. The only way to do that is to test it. The only way to test and make for sure it's going to work for you is to actually use it. So there have been dozens of times, I've slept in my backyard just so I could test something. It was supposed to rain. Hey, this is supposed to be waterproof. Let me set it up and see. Worst case scenario, I get wet, I go in the house. You know, you want to test that before you're out in the field and you go, I'm going to rely on this piece of gear to keep me warm. And then the first time you put it on, it wets out in a small drizzle and you're like, I'm cold and miserable now. So, Kind of along the lines of, does it break? You need to know, does it work? Because it may not work without being broken. Um, The best thing to do is to use it and to try it out and find out if it will work for you. Perfect example, my current get home slash, I'm just going to go out real quick, sort of shelter. I use an outdoor research bivy. Bought the bivy, love it, keeps all the bugs off of me, adds about 10 degrees to my uh, sleeping bag. It helps keep it warm and dry. The only problem is this particular model tapers down to the feet too tight. So as it tapers down to the feet, I can't fit my sleeping pad inside of it. I can't fit my sleeping pad inside of it. That means I've got to put my sleeping pad on the bottom out from underneath it. If I would have, or I need a different sleeping pad. If I hadn't tested it, I would have never known. I would have grabbed the wrong sleeping pad to try to get home in a situation.
1: Yeah. Makes, makes sense. I mean, like you said, you don't want to check out your rain gear 30, 30 miles away from home and it doesn't work. It'd be miserable.
0: So, yeah. So sometimes the, the best, the best solution is to make for sure something works even if it's not broken. And then I I don't recommend someone buy a $500 EOTech and go do a torture test on it unless that's what you want to do. We know EOTechs are good. We know aim points are good. We know Trigicons are good. We know you can trust your life to basically those three with no problem. What you don't know is, can you trust your life to a primary arms? Can you trust your life to something you buy off of eBay? Can you trust your life to something off of Amazon? And there are some gems in the rough out there. Some of them are just absolute garbage. And you might think I've got something that I'm going to be able to defend my life with until the first time you drop it. And that was kind of you know what I was getting at with those torture tests on my videos was, can a two hundred dollar You know, Red Dot actually saved your life if you needed to. And some failed spectacularly and some did really good and was surprising.
1: Any more of those in the
0: works, by the way? (sighs) Yes and no. Uh, Can't really talk about it because it hasn't been released to the public yet. But there is a company that is looking to make their own U.S. made micro red dots, uh, but they haven't been released yet. They're still in the working phase. They're still planning everything out, still sourcing parts. Once those are made, I am supposed to get one, unless they forget about me by the time they do it, I'm supposed to get one for testing. And it's a red dot for a pistol. You know, micro red dots similar to Trigicon's RMR. Uh as of right now, that's the only thing torture-wise that I've got possibly in the works. Um what sucks is since YouTube is very, very left-leaning, a lot of those videos get either demonetized or limited monetization. So it's really not even financially worth it for me to do those tests unless it's something that is given to me to test. To go out and buy something to try to torture test, I just end up losing more money. Because as soon as I attach it to an AR-15, AK-47, some sort of scary rifle, it becomes demonetized. Uh, Anytime you do anything with a firearm where you modify the firearm, you automatically become limited on your monetization. So showing an AR-15, putting a scope on it, I've now modified it. Also, if you show any 30-round magazines, immediately limited ad revenue.
1: Well, you know, if you listened a couple episodes back, nobody needs a 30-round magazine.
0: That's right. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was that was very eye-opening how, uh, you know, I, I, I felt – way more in touch with my feminine side. I went out and crashed my car. (laughs) I got angry at someone for no reason and didn't talk to them for two days. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well they should have known why you're upset. (laughs) They should have. Of course.
0: Yeah, I mean very insightful. Very good. Yeah.
1: I mean you should just be putting one round in at a time. It's I mean, yeah. You don't you don't need to hunt with 30 rounds. That's very, very inefficient.
0: But uh, you know, back, back to stuff breaks, and it does. High dollar stuff breaks. You can you can go to just about any major manufacturer, and they're going to have some sort of defect. You just got to get to a point where you say, okay, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, this works for everybody, whether it be military or civilian. And if it's got that sort of track record, you just got to kind of hope that it continues. Unless you can afford, but see, here's the thing. Even if you could afford to buy an RMR to test and you drop it and you drop it and you drop it and you drop it and you're like, hey, this one works. All right, great. Well, you've now just, you've put a limitation, you put a lifespan on that because Mm -hmm. it has taken those drops. You know, it took 10 drops in testing. Well, will it take the 11th drop when you actually need it? Okay, well, I'll buy two RMRs. I'll test one. When I find out that it's tough and it works, I'll put the new one on. If you could afford to do such a thing, still doesn't prove that the one you put on doesn't have some sort of factory default, you know, a, a micro, tiny, tiny little bit of solder that didn't stick on the control panel and the first time you drop it or the first time you're having to grapple with somebody, it's out. So, you know, the, the high dollar stuff or that higher end stuff, the trigicons, the aim points, the EOTECs, you've just got to say, okay, 99.9% of the time, these work for everybody, including military. So I need to make for sure it works for me. Uh, everything breaks. It doesn't matter what it is, it's going to break. Your new car is going to break. Your house is going to break. Something somewhere is going to break. Your body breaks. Everything breaks. Nothing is infallible when it comes to that. Um, what you need to do or what I think you should do is look at what is 90% chance that it will happen to you and go off of that 90% chance. Um, for example, there's a 90% chance that if I ever have to use my concealed carry, it might, you know, X, Y, Z, I might, I might fall and then have to pull my gun out. Okay. Well, Maybe look at that 90% chance. If there's a 10% chance of it happening, you're probably okay. There's got to be a point where you cut it off.
1: So I've got an EOTech on my AR, this one right here. One of those things, you know, I, I go to the range and it won't turn on, right? I'm like, oh, batteries are dead. So, you know, I go run up to the gas station, buy some batteries. I'm like, okay, cool. Lesson learned. So next time I go to the range, I pull it out of the safe. I turn it on. Like, hey, it works. It's cool. I go to the range. Guess what idiot left it on all night? (laughs) (laughs) And it didn't work. So again, for the second time, I'm going to same set gas station to buy batteries. So now guess what I do? I check it. Make sure I turn it off. And I have spare batteries in my range bag. So, you know, I've learned that lesson a few times that, you know, you can, like you said, you can check it, but is it gonna work? Yeah, I checked it the night before and it worked just fine, but it didn't work. You know, if I needed that in a gunfight, I'm not gonna say time out, I gotta go to the gas station and buy some batteries (laughs) or I gotta dig some out of my, you know, range bag. But yeah, I mean that's happened, you know, that's happened multiple times of you know, the the newer stuff has, you know, the shake weight tech, you know, technology shake awake and they last for 20,000 hours. EOTech doesn't have that. It'll last for eight, 10, 12, 16 hours. If you leave it on high power and it'll die or, you know, it may be longer than that, but you know, I don't, you know, I forget sometimes it works at the range and I forget to turn it off, leaving the range and, three weeks later when i pulled out of the safe i got to change the batteries
0: so but that's not it breaking no it's it's doing exactly what it's meant to do it's a a training error because you're used to that shake awake you're used to that hey i can leave this on and i don't have to change the batteries till next year you know the the aim points have like a fifty thousand hour battery so you know I'm I'm guilty of it too. I've got to check my EOTech. You know, I check it pretty regularly. It's on my nightstand gun. So every couple of weeks when I go to bed, it's like, yep, still working. Yep, it's off. Okay. But right now, it's been a couple of weeks since I checked it. I could go in there and it could be totally dead. And that would be on me if that happened. Um, it's not it's not the red dot's fault.
1: No, no, it's no. Not, I- i agree but it's just to the to the point of you know like you said sometimes things don't work or they break when yeah. they they well, i- i, w- I don't want to say they shouldn't because you know <laughs> you run out of battery they're going to turn off yeah you know it's not not necessarily your fault or you know unless you're going to start a stopwatch and you know exactly when it's going to die on you but yeah
0: well, that, that's why I was saying, you know, there comes a certain point where you need to, okay, this is X, Y, Z, it normally does this, I've got to, and we can't be hyper vigilant all the time, you get burned out, it doesn't matter what you're doing, you know, you can't be at 10, checking your dot every day, making sure it works, chamber check every day, making sure, you know, if you're, if you're attached to that gun, and if you work with that gun, yeah, you, you should do that. But a normal person, a normal civilian in today's world, you know, you can't live at that level. You're going to end up either making yourself crazy or, you know, just worrying about everything. I mean, where does it stop? Okay, my I checked my chamber. It's good. I checked my flashlight. It's good. I checked my red dot. It's good. Okay, I need to check my bug out bag. It's good. Okay, now I need to. You'll never get anything done because you'll always be trying to check something. Is the battery in the car good? You know, am I going to be able to leave if it's a bug out situation? Yeah, it's good. How much fuel do I have? Oh, okay. Well, I need to get some fuel. You'll end up just fatigued and burning yourself out. So you have to find a certain time and a certain level of, I can make this and I can maintain this level of vigilance because it doesn't matter what it is. You're eventually either going to get tired. You're going to get burned out. Or you're just going to get fatigued from whatever it is you're doing and you're not going to do it anymore.
1: Right. No, I can, I can understand that. You know, have, have you, have you ran into a situation to where you checked something in the backyard or whatever and then it, it failed or, or broke when you were using it?
0: Uh, yes, and no. I don't want to say it actually failed because I haven't had true failures in the field. Now, if I was, if I was able to take that entire, you know, 200 mile trip, two week trip, I was planning on taking, maybe I would have found something. Uh, I have found that, you know, you had talked about the the water filter earlier because I, I take my old filters that I use for water. Every, every year I buy a new water filter. I use the Sawyer Squeeze. They're 30 bucks at Walmart, and they are phenomenal. You get two uh, one-liter bags with them. You get replacement uh, rings for seals. I mean, they're, they're a great deal. You know, absolutely amazing deal for $30. So at the beginning of hiking season, I'll buy one. I take my old one, and I use it for uh, making mead. I use it to filter my mead. It gets out a lot of the fines, and that's one reason why. And the pictures of my mead—it looks so clear—is I literally run it through a filter. I always have to check and make for sure: is this the water filter? Is this the mead filter? Well, I had a water filter; it was only about a month old. Didn't did not check it because it's normally still good. Went hiking with a buddy. It was just a warm up hike. We were doing doing a 15-mile loop with a camp at 10 miles. So we hiked 10 miles, camp, hike five miles out the next day. And like I said, luckily, it was just a warm-up. Luckily, I had someone with me, drank my water throughout the day, Stop to filter water when I get to camp, and my filter will not filter. It's not stopped up, but it's a porous filter, and you can get like a calcium buildup depending on the water that you filter through it. And when the the filtered water comes out, it's clean on this end, but you've got that calcium buildup on this end, and it fogs the pores of the porcelain, and it literally will not filter. And apparently, I had gotten into some calcium-rich or some sort of other mineral-rich water on my last trip, and I knew it was good because it was still new. It had only been used once. Well, I had used it in some sort of mineral-rich water that stopped up the tiny microfilters that are inside of it. And uh, luckily, my buddy his worked, and we used his. So that would have been a you know a painful experience to 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 be wanting water after a ten mile hike and not have any, and not have any within the next five miles of you unless you drink straight out of the creek, and then you risk so many bugs, uh, you know, so much crap you can get, and then you know, literally trap until you die. So. Uh I try really hard to not drink wild water anymore, especially since it's $30 for a quality filter, as long as you don't get dumb like me and not back rinse it or allowed it to get crystallized inside. So I had that happen. I've had gear that I thought would work until I tried it in the backyard. If I would have went immediately out, it would have been miserable. I would have been cold or, you know, wet or whatever. That's, you know, luckily my wife is very understanding. I'm tell her, I'm going to go sleep in the backyard and she goes, well, have fun, you know? And sometimes it's a hammock. Sometimes it's a tent. Sometimes I'm testing out a new sleeping pad. Sometimes it's a, a, a new quilt, like, you know, that or something. I mean, it just depends
2: so i'd
1: I'd get the why you're an idiot (laughs) Steven from from well
2: if you do it enough you just beat them into submission they just say okay whatever
0: well you know we've been (laughs) we've been married for almost 20 years so that has something to do with it but she knows that i've got the channel she knows i enjoy this and she's like okay well whatever you know go have fun i'm gonna be sitting inside where it's nice and warm know i've came in before with frosts on like my clothing and been like okay i got too cold and she's like well you're an idiot that's why you know it's 28 degrees out there (laughs) i told you yeah (laughs) i'm like well i had to test and see if this quilt would keep me warm or i had to see if this hat would work you know that's i i try to test everything i can before i actually take it out because i don't want that to happen And, you know, part of it, I test out like my guns, I'll take them out to the range. And that's my test. Is this gun dependable? Is it reliable? Will it shoot this ammunition? I've had guns that hated steel case ammo. I've had guns that love steel case ammo. I've had a gun that would shoot the shit out of steel case ammo, but it wouldn't hardly shoot brass. Don't know why. And I always am of the opinion, if it won't shoot anything of the proper caliber that I put in it, whether it's brass, whether it's steel cased, whether it's a 55 grain, a 70 grain, 150 grain, whatever the grainage is, I don't, I want something that'll work with everything. And if it doesn't, I get rid of it. Just like, bye, I don't need you. Okay, this one, it shoots everything. It doesn't like my hand loads. Bye, I'm going to get something else.
1: Yeah, I, I do the same thing, especially with a carry gun. You know, one of my rules is it needs to do 200 rounds without a malfunction. You know, I'm not I'm not going to take it to the range and run one magazine and be like, oh, it's good enough. Yeah. And, you know, that was one of my hangups on this SIG. You know, I was at that point. I said one more range trip and I had a malfunction. I had a stuck case and I'm like, oh, I'm glad I did that one more trip, you know, I don't know that it would have happened um, if I needed it. Cause I was running, I hadn't cleaned it in a couple trips and I was running steel case and I, I, I ran it pretty hot. Yeah. You know, a couple back to back to back magazines and I think the case swelled and got stuck. But to me, it was just one of those things where, well, I'm going to, I'm going to keep carrying the Glock for a while. You know, I need to I, get, I want to get you know two hundred rounds through it before I before I make that switch. So,
0: I I, I personally my favorite gun is a CZ. After a CZ, it's probably tied between a Beretta and the P three twenty. Once I learned what you could do with the three twenty, and all of the stuff that's out there that how you can mix and match, and I mean make a phenomenal gun. Uh. And then yeah. and then. Yeah, and and then probably a glock. You know, it's probably one of the last guns. But like I said in a previous episode, they're kind of like that fat girl at school. You know you can always count on her. You know, if it's lonely and it's three o'clock on a Sunday night, you call her, she's gonna answer the phone. And I try to get away from them. Love CZ. CZ has too many parts. Now the P the p10s are a lot more pared down but you get a p01 you know you get a 75b you get something like that and there's so many parts and springs and so many things that could break if if it was a true life or death you know uh, end of the world scenario and you're not going to be able to find those parts in most places because most Local gun shops, at least around here, don't carry spare CZ springs. They got all of the crap you need for a Glock. You can build a Glock off of the shelf out of parts at most places. You know, they've got a polymer 80 lower sitting here and a slide over there. You know, I, you can just about build one. And that's why that's why I always end up going back. I can shoot them halfway decent. I'm I'm they're more accurate than me. I'm not saying that. I can somewhat shoot a Glock accurately. I I think that, you know, tip for tap, that's just that's just the one that works. Yeah,
1: I don't I don't disagree with that statement. Um I want to ask Mr. Pixel the same question since you do carry gear on a daily basis
3: mm-hmm.
1: that you may or not may not, may or may not use every day, but when it needs to be used on a daily basis, it has to work right so what do you what do you do to check um, your gear or test it or is it a daily yeah you
2: know? no it it depends on what piece of equipment you're talking about, really. Um, you know, there's some things that my department requires you to check on an X amount of basis. So the taser, um, I think it's once a week, you need to check it out and run a test on it. Other things, it's just going to be, you know, the radio I'm using it every time. So as soon as something breaks it breaks and then i fix it you know it's it'll be a surprise but it's not like oh it's been broken for two weeks and i didn't know about it um it just kind of comes down to a habit when it comes to to things like that like when i was on third shift i knew so for my flashlight i knew i could get through a work week without using without having to charge it uh unless i had a night where I had that thing nice and warm because I was constantly, I constantly had it on for something, something crazy happened and I needed it all night. I'll come home. Right there's the charger. I have a little area where all my gear goes, throw it on the charger. If something like that didn't happen, uh, once I got to the weekend, throw it on the charger. You can sit there all weekend. Not that it needs it, but then as soon as that first day comes around, just take it off the charger. I don't have to worry about it. Um, that's, I mean, a lot of it just comes down to routine when it's stuff you're using every day, and then you know if you are using it every day, it doesn't take a whole lot to to start noticing. Oh, this thing, you know, it's going to need charged, or this thing's starting to to fail, you know. And you just tempt fate and hope it doesn't fail when you're in the middle of really needing it in a dire situation.
0: You are also luckier than the average person. Uh, if they were in that situation, because you do have the infrastructure to help you rebuild that radio or to get you a new radio. Right. Uh, you know, at the beginning of your shift, you come in and you're like, hey, hand mic's not working. There's a spare hand mic. Or sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean. The, for generally speaking, you're going to have a greater chance at that than if I walk in and in my house, my hand mic's not working, I've got to either get on Amazon, try to figure out how to rebuild mm-hmm. it. Right. You know, there, there is a little bit of infrastructure behind your profession and that that's there right. to help you. The same thing is, you know, if you do get in that life or death situation, you may be on your own right then but you do have a lot greater chance of backup coming than an average person has. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't stamp on your checks. You should. You should check everything that you need to check to keep yourself alive. What I'm saying is that you know, you're lucky in that situation that you do have the infrastructure to fix stuff that the average person doesn't. And the average person needs to be just as vigilant in checking their stuff. Check your flashlights, make for sure it works you know, because you can call somebody, Hey, you know, I've got a traffic stop. I've got the heebie-jeebies about them. I've got the spotlight on them. I want somebody else to help me, you know, blah, blah, blah. You might have to wait a few minutes. Someone else will show up. You go to pull out your flashlight. It's dead. They've got theirs. You're like, okay, we're, we're good. You know, I've got spotlight on them, got the flashlight on them. Let's, let's go and check out whatever, you know, perpetrator this is. If I'm in a creepy situation and I'm like, Ooh, I kind of would love to see a little bit more. I'm going to pull out my flashlight and I pull out my flashlight and I click it on and it's really dim. I'm screwed. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, you do need to check yours and you need to be vigilant because you do use yours every day. But those of us who don't use ours every day, exactly what you said with, you know, uh, you use it, and you check it more often. So you start spotting that problem sooner.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Plus you have the ability to fix it sooner, generally speaking, than someone who has to order it from Amazon to fix whatever's wrong. Right. So, you know, that's, I'm kind of just rambling, I guess, but what I'm trying to get <laughs> at is, what I'm trying to get at is, you know, even though you have that infrastructure, you still need to do it. And even if you don't have that infrastructure, you still need to do it. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, and even some of those more used items, depending on what it is. So we'll go back to the flashlight example. I think most people, at least that I've worked with, you almost take on that two is one mentality. So I'd have my big, or I should say, my normal flashlight, but on my vest, I have another one. It's a smaller one, but I have another flashlight, you know? And that, Just as much as a backup as it is for, I guess, more of a specialty thing. It's a little, uh, it's an o light little thing, a little clicker on the back of it, thumb switch. And I've used that thing, I don't know how many times, not had any issues with it. And it's great because if I'm in the, you know, if I'm in there searching a car, I want both my hands free. Just pop that thing in my mouth real quick and get to looking i gotta have my hands free you know but it's also bright enough i mean i'm not going to use it to try and search a field or a large warehouse with but if i end up in a house or a trailer or something like that that it's still enough that i can use that to look or you know blind somebody if something happens to my main one
1: and a super backup backup to that you probably have one on your phone
2: yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's a last, that that definitely be a last resort. Cause I usually, I'm one of those people that I just, that stays in my car. I don't even, I don't carry that around in my pocket. That's mine. The department doesn't pay for that. So when they pay for, pay for me to have a phone, then I'll use it for work.
0: <laughs> one thing I would like to mention too, and I'd like people, listeners to think about is you know, we're saying stuff breaks and check your stuff. But if, for example, you have a red dot mounted on your pistol or a red dot mounted on your your rifle, even, uh, you know, I'm I'm guilty of not having backup sights because I don't like them. Uh, I've shot a lot of pistols that I had a red dot that didn't have any sort of rear sight, and something that you need to you need to do is you need to train if things did break. Yeah, you can trust that you know RMR from Trigicon to save your life, but what happens if mud gets in it? What happens if it does shatter the glass and you can't see through it? You need to train as if stuff is broken, even when it's not. Put a piece of painter's tape on your red dot and then try to shoot and see what you can do. Try it at different distances. Uh, I had my Glock 34 video that I built, uh, and in that video, I cover up the red dot. I go all the way back to 25 yards and I'm showing at 25 yards, I'm really stretching it, but I was able to put bullets into a target, somewhat combat effective, but at about 12 yards is where I really started opening up. And that was with no backup sight and my red dot not working. Um, If you're going to carry stuff like that, if you're going to have stuff protect your life, try to use it in a way that it might be broken. If you don't have a red dot, if you use standard iron sights, what happens if your iron sight gets hit? If it gets broken, if you've fallen, if something's happened, you're in a scuffle and they knock the gun out of your hand and it goes skittering across the road, and you've got to run and get it. Can you still trust that your aftermarket sights are still on, or are your Glock factory plastic sights that you can usually push over with your thumb? Is it still on? Put a little piece of painter tape over your rear sight and go shoot. See what you can do. You know, put yourself in that. It may not ever break, but if it did break, can I still perform?
1: I think uh, didn't. <laughs> Mr. Pixel, we can't remember if we talked about it on an episode or offline. Didn't you say there's a video out of lining up like the corner yeah, side? I
2: knew, knew you're gonna bring that up. Yeah, um, yeah. I if I didn't send it to you, I'll send it to you. And I want since you have that gun, we'll 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 try it out and see if, if you know we can figure it out. But yeah, apparently there's a way with. SIGs that as long as your as long as your presentation is proper, you can use the corner of your slide as a way for site picture on a target instead of using your um, your actual sites on it.
1: Yeah, I know I know we had talked about it. I think it was just you know yeah. lining up and making sure it's kind of level, mm-hmm. you know, and you're seeing. Yep. Just a corner and not the front, tilted up or yeah. And there's just the back.
2: There's a, there's another way um, using the back plate as a point of reference as well. But that's that's something else we can get into later. Looking into. So but yeah,
1: I, I agree. I mean, it's watching a video is fine, but like Bo said, if, if you do that, you need to go yeah. Train with it and try it and yep.
0: The the it. main. The main thing is, is know if it works before it's broke. I mean, you might have your heart set on buying a STI, you know, 2011 and you get it and then you just don't like the way it feels or it doesn't grip naturally to you or whatever X, Y, or Z. And you didn't know that until you tried it. Unfortunately, people don't know that stuff isn't going to work for them because they don't try it. They buy that new fancy tent or that new fancy gun or that new fancy red dot and they think this is going to be the best ever until you take it out and you actually try it. It may not be broke, but you need to know that it doesn't work for you even if it's not broke.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd say we we've all been there. I you know, I learned the expensive way that I don't like rugers or smith and wesson you know polymer guns um you know I've had a couple of both I still have a smith and wesson that I don't like to shoot don't don't use I just haven't really got rid of it yet but yeah I'm with you on I'm with you on that you know you don't know until you try it it'd be better if you had a a buddy that had one and you can go try it before you spent the money on it
0: Right, but I mean, even if it, even if it's something you've already got, you know, like I said, try it and make for sure it works even before it's broke. Put the tape on your red dot. Put the tape on your rear sight. Painter's tape won't hurt anything, and you can take it off, and it, your, your gun's going to be fine. Do it with your rifle as well. You know, people, people will say, okay, well, you know, I've got backup sights, and I've got, you know, this aim point, so I'm good to go. And I'm not bashing aim point, but what happens if you drop your rifle and it gets slightly off zero and you're having to make a longer shot? Or what happens if you drop it and it lands in mud and now your lenses are covered and you've got to take that quick shot? Well, you pull it up, you go to look through it, you can't see through it. What do you do? Okay, well, I'll hit my backup sites. Click, your backup sights come up, and guess what? Most of those look through the optic. If the glass is shattered, if it's covered in mud, if it's smeared in blood, Whatever the case might be, can you shoot your gun even if it's not broken, but it's just you can't use it at that time? Can you be combat effective and you need to train those?
3: Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm bad. I'll, I'll admit I'm bad about that because I don't I don't know that I check the backup sites that often, so they may or may not be zeroed still or anymore. And then, yeah, my my go to AR. I took the backup sights off, so this one doesn't even have back backup sights.
0: So well, with no backup sights, the next time you go to the range, put a piece of tape over your EO A roll of painters tape is dirt cheap. Just that blue painters tape. Mm-hmm. Throw it over, throw it over the window, and see what happens. Yeah, I, I usually get the two inch stuff. I've got the two inch tape is what I carry
1: this one
0: yeah that one right there (laughs) and go out throw that piece of tape over and start at a close range and work your way back and find out where your failure point is where you're like okay if if this guy is 50 yards away and for some reason my optic's not working i know that i'm in trouble i need to not shoot i need to run or you know whatever that range is wherever you can get to You know, you might find out that you're a lot more accurate up close without ever aiming than you thought. And you might be like, oh, okay, well, from CQB distance, from my bedroom to the hallway, I know I don't even have to aim. I can just go pop, 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 and I'm going to tear them up. But you might also find out that you put that gun up and you shoot and you got a really good group the first time, and the second time it's way over here, and the third time it's way over here. And what's changing is micro changes in your presentation that's going to cause you to hit differently. And then you need to realize, oh, I'm not as good as I thought. So I do need to work on this presentation. I need to make for sure this is the same, or I need to make sure I've got this you know, side of the slide, like what you were showing on the, the 320, I need to make for sure I know how to do this. Okay, right. well, that's great. Can you do that in low light? Can you do that with your flashlight on? Can you do it? And you need to approach it like like it's broke before it's broke so you can then handle it if it is broke.
1: Right. I like it. A lot of good advice.
0: I don't know if I'd go that far. It's just me rambling.
2: (laughs) What would you say with all of the testing that you've done what what has been the biggest disappointment? Like what gear failed the most in your what, eyes?
0: What surprised me was the uh, oh, Monstrum, the first one I did. The Monstrum took the drop test like a freaking champ. Did not change zero. I dropped it onto a cinder block. I mean, I was rough as hell with that thing. And I set it in water for two hours and ruined it. And I thought, okay, well, maybe, maybe all those drops ruined a seal. Right. And they had sent me, they had sent me two. So I took one that was brand new. Now, granted, this is a hundred dollar optic, is all it cost. Okay. But I took that hundred dollar brand new optic and threw it in the kiddie pool of death for one hour <laughs> and pulled it out and it was ruined as well. And I was really surprised that they had something that was so rugged that it could take those drops and that abuse. And if you did that, you would think, man, I have got something here. But if you fall into a creek or, you know, you're having to cross a frozen river in the wintertime and you fall in and it takes you 20 minutes to get out because you're fighting, you know, current and having to balance and the whole time your, your guns in the water and then you come out, guess what? That thing's gone. And you thought it was good. Uh, that was the biggest disappointment because it took the beating so well. I seriously, I was like, I don't know what else to do to try to break this thing. Hmm. I mean, I, I I didn't, I was like, I'm going to have to take it off the rifle and just like throw it, (laughs) maybe shoot it. I don't know. It took the beating that well, and it was defeated so easily with water. And I was like, wow, I can't believe that.
1: Did you did you let them know that is Are they going to do something about that to rectify that?
0: I don't know. I did let them know. Uh, the guy said it should have handled the water better than it did. No, he didn't tell me. He didn't elaborate what that meant. And I told him I would send him the two back so that they could, you know, take them apart and see if there was a seal that failed or something, you know, and he didn't want them. so. Uh, He said you
3: broke
1: (laughs) them.
0: Basically, he he actually, he never responded after that. When I told him, I was like, look, I'll send them to you if you want to tear them apart and find out what happened. And he never responded.
2: Um,
0: The biggest surprise for good that I was really surprised about was the uh, micro uh, three power prism from primary arms. I was rough on that thing and I had a pre-production model. Uh, they sent it to me before it was available for anyone else. Thank you, primary arms. I appreciate it. I love working with you guys. Uh, I would love to work with you anytime. Uh, they've been really good helping my little channel, giving me stuff that even big names didn't have, you know, at the time that they gave me that pre-production model channels like Mac and, uh, Grand Thumb, you know, big gun channels didn't have them. All they did was they said, oh, look, there's a new release coming out from Primary Arms. And I'm like, dude, I've got it in my hand, you know, (laughs) so 100% thank you, Primary Arms. However, uh, I was really honestly surprised at what that thing took and uh, did find one slight flaw in it. And I sent it to them and they found out what the problem was and supposedly fixed it. Uh, like I said, mine was pre-production. No one else should have it. I'm not even going to mention what the little flaw is, but I was still really surprised that it took the abuse that it did. And uh, for its size, the clarity, everything about it, I was just like, damn, this is a nice optic. I mean, I I really liked it. That was probably the biggest surprise for good. Uh, The other surprise that I did not see coming is that damn rifle that I beat up all the time, that cheapest Palmetto state armory that I could find. It was $399, (laughs) I think, or $349 for the kit. I put it on an Anderson lower. I have dropped it. I've put it in the kiddie pool of death. I have beat the shit out of it. And that thing is still more accurate than my BCM. It is, it, it is to today more accurate and has had zero malfunctions after everything I've put it through. So that those two are the two things I found out that I'm like, I can trust these. You know, I honestly think I could trust that (laughs) all metal state armory now. Now maybe I got lucky and you could buy the exact same kit and it could be total shit for you. That's where you've got to learn what works for you. But honestly, with the way that things performed, I, I'm, I, it's got a crappier trigger. It's got a standard GI trigger. I've got the enhanced trigger in the BCM. The BCM is 100% BCM. That is a Anderson lower with everything else being Palmetto state. It's more accurate with a crappier trigger and has taken more abuse and is more accurate with a crappier trigger. And I honestly, I would, I would just, I would just be just as happy if the Russians started skydiving into the backyard. I'd be just as happy if I was the one holding the, the primary, or I'm sorry, not the primary, it's the uh, home metal state. I'd be just as happy holding that as I would holding my BCM. And that, that's, that's the truth. You know, people will say, oh, well, 50,000 rounds later, find out, and that's, okay, 50,000 rounds later, maybe, but I could have bought three of these PSAs for the price of one BCM, and every 20,000 rounds, throw the the, the PSA away, even though it's still good, and have a brand new one that's going to outperform this one that's already being outperformed by the old one, so... Those those are the the big surprises that I've found, and my microchasm of of testing.
1: Now, having said that, would you get rid of the BCM?
0: Yeah, I would. I'd get rid of it and be, like I said, be just as happy with that primary arm. Or damn it, I keep saying primary arms. That Palmetto stake. Uh, it's given me zero problems. It's more accurate, and I haven't beat the shit out of it and it's still fine. Everything works as it should. It's got some scratches, but that's it.
1: Well, I mean, it's been dropped like 70 times.
0: (laughs) Yeah, seriously. uh, Probably close to that. If you add up everything I've done now, the very first test I did, I, I used the BCM and I dropped it and guess what? It's got scratches on it just like the PSA does. So it's not like one's got a tougher finish than the other. Um, they're, they're the same, basically. And maybe I, I said, maybe I just got lucky. And the next one I get might be a total turd. But I would not be scared one bit to buy another one of those PSA classic kits.
1: Nice. I like it. So uh, got anything else, Mr. Pixel or Bo, want to add or?
2: Oh, I, I uh, think we've gotten I, everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're good. Uh, hopefully, we uh, covered the the broken stuff good enough for for the listener who wanted to know about broken gear. I mean, we kind of came in and out of it,
2: but it's it's really
0: hard to to nail down broken gear
2: that hasn't broken. Yeah, it's more of a reactionary thing sometimes than.
1: Was there any like lessons learned? I know like one of mine is taking Allen wrenches to the range and batteries, you know, so if something comes loose, I can tighten it. And, you know, if batteries are dead, I can change them out. You know, do you have that, anything like that, that you take camping just to have a couple Allen wrenches or, you know, whatever tools you may need or batteries or something like that, a solar, solar charger?
0: Um. Not really, uh, because of the fact I've gotten into the ultralight. I try to get my kit as light as possible, and I look at you. You have to when when you get into the ultralight stuff, you have to get away from the prepper stuff to an extent because the prepper, uh, the prepper part of it is I need like like Mister Pixel said, two is one. I need this because this might happen. I need this because this might happen. When you start getting into that ultralight and into what I think is a good, reasonable get-home bag, you're going to have to do away with that, not two is one, because you're going to have to try to go lighter. Lighter is further faster, and the only way to go further faster is lighter. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. You put a 60-pound rucksack ruck on your back, you're going to go slower than a guy who has a 20-pound rucksack on his back. Simple physics, so lighter, faster, further. Um, I have pared down my camping gear to where my biggest thing is I wanna make sure I'm not gonna be cold at night. So I take extra uh, long johns and an extra pair of socks. Everything else is only stuff I will need. Uh, Also, because I'm neurotic, I don't pack the night before. Because I'm afraid I might have missed something. I lay everything out. and I pack the day of right before I leave. That way I know, okay, tent. Okay, sleeping bag. Okay, air mattress for sleeping. Okay, extra clothes. Okay, my food. And then I make for sure everything's packed and ready to go. And that everything I had laid out on the floor is gone. And then I go. I've tried to do it the night before and I sit there and I get neurotic about it. And I'm like, I know my tent's in there. I know it is, but I got to look and see. So I'll pull it out and I'll look and see. I'm like, yeah, right there it is. And then I pack everything back. And then I'm like, well, what if I dropped something and I didn't realize it while I was packing everything back? I need to unpack again. So I end up repacking the next day anyway. So I've just gotten to where I lay everything out, double check everything. And I've got my gear room that I'm in now. I close the door. And then the next morning when it's time to go on whatever trip, I come in and I load the bags and I make for sure the floor is empty. And then I know I've got everything.
1: So there isn't like, you don't, you don't switch something out. Like instead of a pocket knife, you take a leatherman or something to, to that effect. It's just lighter. No, I've never used it. I don't need it.
0: Well, yeah, uh, there, there's so much that you don't really need on like a, even a week long trip. A week-long trip, you need your tent, you need your sleeping bag, you need your sleeping pad to protect you from the floor or the ground, and then you need bare minimum change of clothes, really. Maybe a spare pair of socks and a spare pair of underwear. Wear your underwear for a day, next day you wake up, you turn it inside out, you wear it again, next day you put on the new pair and you wash that pair and you hang it off the back of your pack. I highly, highly recommend if you're, if you're not for sure on any of this stuff we're talking about, go to YouTube, type in Appalachian Trail through hike gear list, type in Pacific Crest Trail through hike gear list, CDT, any of the long trails, and look at what these people live off of or out of their bags for six months out of the year while they're doing this hike. Now, granted, they keep adding food, they're not carrying six months worth of food, you know, but most of them will carry a week's worth of food, one change of clothes and their camping gear. And that's it because that's all that you need. You, and, and, and when it comes to like the get home bag, it's the same way. You don't need that extra Leatherman and that extra this and that extra that. And this, you know, just in case this happens, I have hiked, and the low freezing temperatures with wet feet went to bed, woke up the next morning and my shoes and socks are frozen and literally put my sock on and watch ice flakes break off of my sock and hiked 17 miles that next day like that. Your body can do a lot more than you think. And if you can do it lighter, faster, further, that's less of that uncomfort that you have to have.
1: I got you. Makes sense. Anything else there, Mr. Pixel?
2: No, I think... I guess to put a little bow on this, not a B-O, but a Um, B-O-W. You know, circle back to where all this came from. This all came from someone who had an issue with a holster. And they noticed, I believe, when they were putting it on, that it was cracked. So, I guess, as I sat here and thought about, the biggest takeaway for you know, if we're going to make the theme, check your shit because it breaks, pay attention. You know, if yeah. e- every day, if you're putting, we'll use that that as the example. Every day you're putting a holster on, you put a gun on your hip. Don't just blindly just put it on there, get it through the belt or tuck it inside the waistband or whatever and throw that gun in there. Look at it. Just give it a quick once over, inspect it. Okay, everything looks good on it. Throw it in there. And you know you're good to go. I mean, everybody, you're probably gonna, you know, people people are gonna press press check. See if they have a round in there, you know, if they have a round in the chamber. You're gonna make sure you got yeah, you know, I turn your flashlight on. If you have a what amount of light, whatever it is, turn turn your turn your dot on. Check that stuff. Don't just take it for granted that it's gonna be functional uh when when you need it, if you haven't been making sure it was before you. Before you did it.
1: Maybe unload it and blow the lint out. Blow the lint out. <laughs> <laughs>
2: change you know. out your, yeah, you don't need that obstruction. So <laughs> change
0: check. out your carry ammo once a year or exactly.
2: two. Right. And before you put that stuff in, check it, you know. Um, you know, how often have we pulled ammo out and we noticed that the that the bullet's actually sitting back too far in a casing? Yeah. Came from the factory that way. Just just check it. Be vigilant, but like I, I, I still think that you can be
0: over vigilant. You oh, can yeah. cause you can cause burnout. Yeah, but you do need to be vigilant. Take that thirty seconds if you're going to carry a gun. Check your holster, check your chamber, check your gun. Safety on if it's a, a safety model. Nothing in the way while I'm holstering. It's safe. It's secure. Pocket knife. It it works because it's just a, a pocket knife. Mm-hmm. Flashlight, click, click, it's working. Okay, yep. put it in my pocket, slap my butt, see if my wallet's there. Yeah, yep. the wallet's there. Cell phone, it's charged. I can go.
2: Yep. Yeah. The, the, the old Austin Powers spectacles, testicles, wallet, watch. You're good.
0: Yeah. Yes, sir.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, it's funny you said the about to carry ammo. There's one thing that I do with carry ammo. And I was buying myself new carry ammo on my birthday every year until COVID. Um, But I would run the old ammo through like newer stock magazines. And then if I was switching the carry ammo, like a brand or grain from a 115 to a 124 or something, I made sure that I had bought extra to run a magazine through the gun to make sure it worked. Mm. And then those new, newer, like Glock mags, you know, I'd fill two or three of them up or whatever, and I don't use them through the year. I'll buy cheap ones or spare ones, and that's what I train with. So I'm not, you know, doing was, mag dumps or mag, you know, chain dropping the magazine on, on gravel or whatever to, to beat it up through the year when I'm training. So
0: that was of the one thing I do. That that was one of the things that uh Costa had said in his pistol class that He has training mags, and then he has his carry mags, and he said, the most common problem you're going to have with a modern gun is going to be magazine-related. It's the cheapest part of the gun. It is one of the biggest wear items on the gun, and he said, if you're doing the exact same thing you are, dropping those mags on concrete every week or every two weeks or once a month when you're training, whatever it is you're doing, you're... Every time it drops and it hits the ground, that's a chance for it to fail the next time. Right. So he has training mags that he trains with, and then he has his carry mags. His carry mags have his carry ammo in it. He gets to the range, drops the mag, clears the chamber, grabs practice mags, goes and runs. Comes back, empty mags are put away. They're all of his play mags. Good mag, good ammo, goes in, gets loaded, good to go. And after he said that I was like damn that actually makes a lot of sense. So that is one thing that you can do to help avoid a breakage by good mags run a couple of rounds through a couple of, you know, full rounds of that magazine if it's a 15 round, run 50 through it, run 100 through it, whatever it is, whatever number makes you feel safe and then take that mag and that's a carry mag and then do the same for your backup mag. Run 100 rounds through it, make for sure it works, and then load it with your carry ammo. Keep those separate from your training mags that you can drop and kick around and throw in them. mud.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I got it from you guys talking about the Costa Course or if I was doing it before that, but that's what I do. I've got, you know, stock Glock mags and stock Sig mags with carry ammo. And then I might use Magpul or whatever. Training some Glock, you know, stock Glock yeah. or Sig mags, but I have basically the one, the new ones that came with the gun. You know, those are my carry.
3: Yeah,
1: you know, I'll I'll check them once a year. Usually when I'm changing out the ammo, yeah, I'll run last year's ammo, carry ammo through that mag, and then load it up with the new ammo and put it away. Training. I'm those.
0: guilty. I'm guilty of right now. Well, since COVID. I'm guilty of not changing out carry ammo. I just, I haven't gotten back into the habit of buying it and shooting the old stuff. I've got a, somewhere near me, I don't know exactly where it's at, somewhere over here. I've got a Ziploc bag full of carry ammo. And it's stuff I need to go shoot because I'm like, I know this is my older stuff. This is what's in the magazine to keep me alive. But I know I need to shoot this. So eventually I've got to shoot what's in this bag.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I've got 2019's
0: carry ammo. Yeah, then, that's basically what I've got. And okay. this is 2022.
1: Yeah, AIM finally got some, and I'm switching to, to 124 grain instead of 115. So I bought an extra box um, to shoot now to make sure it works in the gun. Yeah. Before I load up the mag, you know, I don't want to just load up mags and next year when I buy more ammo be like, oh, well, that doesn't work shooting last year's yeah find out at that point but it i'm sure it'll be fine but i'm gonna run you know a a box of it through so whatever that is 20 rounds will go go through before i before i load them up but i haven't i haven't been able to do that yet either but i just got the new ammo maybe two months ago so yeah well i'm telling
0: on myself i i gotta do it and i just have it it's i've gotten out of the habit and thanks a like lot, COVID and Obama.
2: And <laughs> at least we got
0: Twitter back. Oh, maybe, 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 maybe it's all just a scam and he's going to make it even stronger to the left. Maybe. He's like, just joking, everyone. If you yeah. are a Republican, you are fired.
1: <laughs> Banned.
0: All right. It was fun yeah as always i enjoy it
2: me too and that'll wrap it up for another episode of the aftershock podcast thanks for listening thanks for joining us uh, giving us some of your time go check out bo our guest bo Bowles of the arkansas outdoors channel you can find him on facebook and youtube Uh, he's a he's an interesting guy a lot of interesting stuff going on i'm sure he has something on there that might interest you if you haven't already, find us on Facebook at the Wasted Ammo podcast page. We're also on Instagram, Aftershock underscore podcast. And like we talked about in this episode, we're going to give this Twitter thing a try. <laughs> so let's see how that turns out. You can search us, Aftershock podcast or Aftershock pod one, and the number one. It's It's all one word aftershock pod and the number one yeah like we talked about this this is going to get interesting so we just hopped on there we'll, we'll see if it's anything anybody enjoys and don't forget to hop over to strikeforceenergy.com it's uh something dave and i use all the time it's a nice alternative if you're tired of energy drinks or coffee or whatever uh, it's just a little pouch with a liquid in it you tear it open you dump it in your water uh, they have a couple or about four different flavors and I just think it's a nice alternative to make sure I keep drinking water. Don't forget use the code aftershock that'll give you twenty percent off your order. that's that's always a good thing saving money. Thanks again and we'll see you guys all next time. Bye <laughs> Aftershock. Thanks for knowledge dumping on us.
0: I don't think I dumped any knowledge. All I think
2: I do was talk a lot. Uh, experience, there we'll say we'll call it experience. Okay, okay. experience dump. <laughs> Just like Amber
0: Heard in the bed.
2: That's right. <laughs>
0: it was the dog. Come on, man. Yeah. It's the dog. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Sorry.